maybe we'll do that part again. I just act like I have a whole crew over here, all right? But it's just me. Anyways, hi everyone, welcome back. It's nice to be here and be doing this once again. Welcome again to the Systems of Transformation podcast, a podcast dedicated to discussing the dynamics of generational healing and global transformation through a trauma-informed lens and a Christian perspective. I am your host, Anu Hernandez, and it is such an honor to be doing episode two today. I hope you have been doing well, and if this is your first time, welcome. I really want to thank those of you who listened to episode one, who downloaded the podcast. I am so encouraged and so grateful to all of you for taking time and sending me your feedback after listening to episode one. It is such an honor to have you join me again today as we look into what I'm going to call the triad of systems. Before we jump into the triad, I wanted to talk a little bit about what a system is. A system can be defined as a regularly interacting or interdependent group of items forming a unified whole, which means that there are parts to it and components, but together they work to form something whole. The two things I wanted to highlight was that a system has regularly interacting components, which tells us that they are in relationship with one another. And the second element is that they are interdependent, which means that they're not independent of each other. There's some level of dependency and need for one another. And I really like that because that is a good description of a healthy system. What are the components of my triad? Number one, systems of origin, number two, systems of compensation, and number three, systems of transformation. Today, I want to get into what a system of origin is and discuss that with you. And I'm hoping that if we get a good understanding of that, that will build a good foundation for us to start exploring the next two components. A system of origin is a system from which something begins or gives rise to another. For example, our family system. We all have a family of origin, where we came from, our parents, maybe siblings, extended family. We have faith systems, education systems, communities, cultures, organizations. These are all examples of systems where things begin and or give birth to something else. Our origin is the foundation upon which the rest of our lives get built on. Every system of origin was once a system of transformation. At some point in time, what we now might call an origin was the next big thing, the new thing that came up, or it was something that was part of the new generation. And over time, this origin evolved and made choices to change or remain the same. And depending on those choices, eventually became a system of compensation or a system of transformation. The revolutions of today become the relics of tomorrow. And I think we need to remember that and apply that when we're talking about systemic change. Not everything about our origins is bad or needs to be discarded. 
at the same time, not everything about an origin is good and needs to be carried forward. Every system has wonderful qualities about it that we need to carry with us. It's so easy to point our fingers at a different generation and say we don't want to be like them or we don't want to have anything to do with them. Anything that is not like us is easier to reject, easier to push away. I think some of that comes from our own internal struggle with accepting parts of ourselves that we may not be proud of or that we might carry some shame and trauma and leftover baggage. Again, it's so easy to project those things externally, but they're the best signals that there are some things that we need to work through internally. I'm not saying we need to accept everything, but examine the places that we react to and start looking at those spots to figure out whether there is some component of that that is a reflection of what is going on within us and whether there are parts of ourselves that we need to forgive, reconcile, love, and heal. We need to take an honest inventory of our origins if we want to heal and build for the better. Every system of origin passes on its generational DNA. Now, DNA is not just a physical component that is passed through from generation to generation. Every system passes on some type of generational DNA. This includes mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, organizational, and even cultural DNA that is passed on from one generation to the next. And in that generational exchange, the things that are not addressed in one generation evolves and mutates in the next generation. What doesn't get treated gets transmitted. The next generation carries forward the previous generation's strengths and all the things that they did well, but it also expresses what the previous generation denied to address, refused to heal from, or did not have the luxury to work through. Some of the denial, some of the lack of being able to deal with things are due to external circumstances for generations. Maybe it was poverty. Maybe it was a lack of education or awareness. We do say that people are doing the best that they can with what they know and what they have, and that is true. However, we also need to understand that things do get passed along and we cannot live in that denial anymore. There is a difference between blaming someone versus naming cause and effect. There is no shame when you're just naming something and saying, this happened and it caused this versus this happened and so you are a bad person or I am a bad person. We need to be able to openly discuss positives and the negatives of generational exchange. And that is why it is important to do intergenerational healing work because when it comes to generational pain, wounding, and trauma, again, I'm not just talking about physical wounding. I'm talking about psychological, mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual wounds that we cannot visibly see, but we all embody through our life. Our human brains are designed in such a way that we 
remember negative experiences much more vividly than positive ones because we are wired for safety and survival. And so we register these things so that we can look out for them in the future and we develop sensitivities and reactions just to keep us safe so that we can survive and continue to exist with minimal danger and pain. Every time where there is a place of wounding, there is a greater chance that that pain shows up whenever you encounter a similar experience to that wound of origin in your present or future. Your past doesn't just die or disappear as you move through life. Your past, your origins, are very much alive and dormant within you. And depending on the nature of your origin or the component of your origin, it can lie hidden like a landmine until something or someone steps on it in our present day situations and interactions and sets it off. You will never just move on from something. You have to move through it. I so disagree with statements like, just get over it, get over yourself, move on. It bothers me because it encourages the perspective of, I just need to push this aside to keep going forward and I will be okay. When really, we're just adding more and more to what lies beneath. And the danger of that is that one harmless moment or one harmless interaction uncovers years and years of pent-up pain that our reactions are explosive or we shut down completely and then begin to see how our reactions are disproportionate from the situations that we are currently dealing with. And those are clues to us and should be signals to us that there is something deeper and quite possibly darker going on underneath what we are currently experiencing. With a change in perspective, which comes from taking that journey of healing, Something that seemed to be bad can give rise to beautiful and transformative lessons. And in no way do I want to diminish the pain and the scar tissue that negative experiences leave. I just want to recognize that many of the things that come at us disguised in negative darkness, when moved through, with healing and love, transform into some of the most beautiful life lessons that we can carry with us. How do I know if I have wounds of origin? It's simple. If you are human, you have them. And I am focusing on you as an individual being because the human is the DNA strand of humanity. We all have wounds of origin. If you were raised by another human and lived life in contact with other human beings, then you have wounds of origin. And that doesn't make the people that were involved in our origin stories bad people, but it is just the natural outcome of life lived amongst humanity. Unless we were raised in a family where our primary caretakers actively investigated their own wounds of origin, 
and submitted themselves to mental and emotional healing practices like counseling or therapy, inner healing, maybe faith-based guidance practices. We are bound to carry the wounds of our origin stories and trauma histories that run in our bloodlines. I am not just a representation of my parents and myself. I today embody little pieces of everybody from the beginning of my bloodline. Our ancestors have fought to make sure we are safe, provide us economic advancements and education. And because those primary needs have been met to a certain extent, we are now at a point in our generational lines where we are able to find the energy and the space to invest in the next level of evolving towards health, which is addressing our mental and emotional needs. As a global community, we have developed to a place where we are able to at least address some of these things. And so that is where my gratitude to past generations comes in. I will never dismiss their contribution to our journey, to my journey. Let's make it personal. What we cannot do is deny that we have work to do. The responsibility to be pioneers of this movement falls on those of us who have had our basic needs met in terms of physical safety. I use the word trauma a lot, and because it is the nature of work that I do, it is my normal in the sense of I am in it every day. That's the nature of my job. And I realized that I should probably explain a little bit of what trauma is because we're going to be using that word a lot. Trauma is not only defined by a major catastrophic disturbing event. Trauma is not the event itself. It is how our mind and body interpret the event. The same events may be traumatic for some people more than others. Regardless, all trauma is valid. When we begin conversations around trauma, the first thing we think about is big things. Big T traumas are major events and normally seen as traumatic. This include natural disasters, war, sexual or physical assault, accidents, death of loved ones, major surgery, life-threatening illnesses, emotional neglect or abuse. The last few years have exposed us as a global community to some big T traumas like the pandemic, the racial issues that we've been having, natural disasters, wars, the different things that are going on around us. They are pretty major. My list of exposure to big T traumas has grown, even in the last few years. And again, trauma is not the event in itself, but it's how we register and process and absorb it. Small T traumas are overwhelming, but often not seen or recognized as traumatic events. Some of these things are interpersonal conflict, financial worries, moving, adoption, miscarriage, divorce, infidelity, birthing, and chronic mental or physical illnesses. And when one thing is added on the other, 
at some point, your capacity to cope is going to diminish. I know I've given you guys a lot of information today, and I know that some of these things might be heavy, but we got to have the conversation. And if you start to sense things coming up, especially if the list that I read or the talk of wounding in origin stirs up some things for you, I will always encourage you to reach out for help and support from trained professionals. So please do that. Reach out to someone and really take the time to give yourself that best chance of healing and transformation by investing in you and taking care of you. God's heart is for people on this earth to experience his love, his healing power, and the ability to live this transformed life and experience heaven on earth. And so all this work that we are doing as we receive the blueprint from him is ultimately going to benefit not only us, but all those around us. I would like to share a few of my favorite verses from the Bible. This is taken from Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. And this is from the message version. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important and first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. The majority of us can agree that in faith communities, the two components of that passage that are emphasized most often are loving God and loving others. And somehow we have neglected that middle portion that says you have to love others the way you love yourself. We are taught to love God and love others by neglecting ourselves. And the only way you're going to truly, truly learn to love yourself is if you learn to receive God's love for you. Because it is infinitely more in capacity than what you can give yourself. I have failed so many times in my life, even today. I cannot conjure up this continuous, overflowing love for myself and there is no human being in this world that can constantly give me that type of love. Only God has been able to love me so much and so consistently that I have wanted to transform. You are not selfish. You are actually following the heart of God when you choose to take love from him and apply it to yourself. Because it is from that place of overflow when you have his love flowing through you and then you love yourself too, that you're able to then go and pour it out on other people. I cannot wait for more episodes to get deeper into some of this stuff. But for today, I just wanted to share that little tidbit. Okay, my healers and transformers, I think we have covered a lot today. So how about we call it a day and get together again in a couple of weeks We'll continue with our next system in the next episode. We'll take this as it comes. There's no hurry, no pressure. I'm okay with a pace that honors our process. 
I encourage you to take time to process and reflect on some of the things we talked about today. Journal if you like to. Connect with somebody. And if you have any thoughts, emotions, questions come up, please let me know or talk to somebody you trust. Reach out to me. Connect with me. Send me questions, your comments, concerns, anything that you want to share with me, feel free to. I'm open to being there and supporting you as much as I can. And if there are any resources I could share with you on a one-on-one basis, I would love to do that. Once again, if you would like to connect with me, please do. I am on Instagram at The Real Anu Hernandez. I am on Facebook at Anu Hernandez. And my email is therealanuhernandez at gmail.com. I hope you are enjoying this. I hope this is beneficial. If this podcast is adding some type of value to your journey, if it is helping you process some things and know that you are not alone, please share this podcast with others. I really want this to get into the hands of people that need it. And so if you know someone that one is interested in this kind of stuff, we, I also don't believe in force feeding people and pushing things down people's throat. Like that does not communicate respect to me. But at any point, if you come across somebody that you think would benefit and enjoy from being a part of this journey with us, please do share with them. Thank you in advance. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for taking a chance on me and this podcast. I appreciate you. I love you. I hope you have a wonderful couple of weeks. And until then, let's heal generational and transform global. Bye.